What is good, Defenders Nation? 2022 Supporter Shield Winners Nation. Black and gold faithful, you know my voice. It is the scarf, J.R. Liebert, one half of the most LAFC podcast on earth. This, of course, is Defenders of the Bank coming to you from beautiful, wonderful, spacious, lovely Philom Monster Studios in Burbank, California, the world-famous home of Defenders of the Bank, sitting about six feet away from the namesake of the hallowed ground here in Burbank itself, the Gypsy Prince, one Christian Philly. Hello, oh, man. I, I oh. you sound great. My I sound fantastic. I can assure you all, I'm not going through puberty. Hello, Los Angeles and the rest of the world. And as my partner alluded to, welcome to the most LAFC podcast in the darn freaking solar system, planetarium, geranium, whatever the hell you have. It. <laughs> geranium. It is yeah, geranium. It's a flower. It is episode yeah, that too. It is <laughs> it is episode two nineteen of Defenders of the Bank. And uh, if you are new, welcome and. Uh, I have to ask, where the hell have you been? It's okay. It is fine. Everybody always has their first. We want to welcome you. Anyway, this is a podcast where yours truly, the self-proclaimed gypsy prince and the man to my right, the tyrant of threads and the sultan of silk, J.R. Liebert the Scarf, we Thank talk you. about your 2022 Supporter Shield champion Los Angeles Football Club, and it was a festive environment on a sexy Supporter Shield Sunday <laughs> at the Cathedral of the Black and Gold. We all went again in some of that communion. LAFC back in black, baby. I absolutely love today. I got to say, it was a little weird, Philly, because we all woke up usually, usually on match day. We wake up, there's a feeling, something in the pit of our stomachs, whether it's optimism, whether it's pessimism, whether it's nerves, whether it's happiness, I don't know what that is. There's it's called there's, pixie dust. Yeah, stuff. there's there's a feeling. And let me tell you how I felt about today's game. I didn't care much about today's game. And I know that the, all the diehards out there, I get it, right? You're going to be like, no, you have to try and win each and every game. No, every single point matters. Every single experience matters. You're absolutely right. And by the way, Steve Terundolo agrees with you. If you look at that starting lineup he played today, you are right. I'm just telling you, this is Scarf here, how I felt. I, I say this with the word in air quotes. So, so let me get this out and then you can all get upset at me for saying this, but this is just how I feel. This was in our five-year history in Major League Soccer, the first... And only, quote unquote, meaningless regular season game we have ever played. And why do I say that, Philly? I say that because playoff standings for us were set. Supporter Shield was in the building at Bank of California Stadium. Thank you to that fine gentleman from the New England Revolution. Everything on our end was wrapped up. I know Philly is going to go through a couple of different records that we could have set today and things that could have made it matter a little bit more. But all I will say is today, everything's significant in terms of the next three matches, which we all agree are super significant and more important than anything that happened today. Everything was already wrapped up. Indeed, everything was already wrapped up. So one way or another, whether we won, lost or drew, we would still end the season being best in the West and the best in MLS. Nothing happens in terms of seeding. No, very, no, Jesus, I really do sound like I'm going through puberty. You do. No real big my, milestones to, to speak of. I mean, at the end of the day, our 21 wins 
tied the club's all-time record for most in a single season, which was obviously set in 2019. A win today for Maxime Crepeau would have been fantastic because that would have set him tied for the record for most wins in a regular season by a goalkeeper. And Lord knows he would have never accomplished that as a member of his previous club, (laughs) the Vancouver Whitecaps. And uh, Steve Chirondolo would have padded his uh, stat for most wins by a first-year head coach. But he already broke the record, a record that was owned by Thomas Rongen. You don't know who that is. Tampa Bay Mutiny. There you go. And by one Bob Bradley, but not as a member of LASC, but as a member of the 1998 Chicago Fire. So he could have padded that lead. But again, in hindsight, it really meant nothing to us. It meant a little more to Nashville because they were playing for higher seating. And Hani Mukhtar was playing for the Golden Boot. I I do want to mention one other thing too, Philly. We could have been the first MLS team with two 70-plus point seasons. That would have been cool. That's yeah, never sure. happened. I mean, uh, yeah, but at that point, you're really grasping for straws. There's sure. some statistics that really matter, but at the end of the day, in regards to how the season would have prevailed, it doesn't matter. Right. One thing that certainly did matter was making sure our players were healthy. Yes. And we'll talk about that as the pod progresses, but we got a couple of other things. Scarf is going to mention them while I take a sip of water and try to get out of this prepubescent tone of yeah. voice that I am maintaining you, uh, right now. You sound like you're hurting just a little bit. Look, and, and, and just to echo one more thing that, that Philly said. When we played in the kickball tournament last year, we were lucky enough to be able to play last year. We played on the 110 football team. We all got ourselves together in the huddle right before every single game that we played, and we played three or four of them. And before we broke the huddle, we would go, all right, guys, big cheer on three. This one's really important. No injuries on three. One, two, three, no injuries. And that was what we would cheer before each and every game. That is what, in the back of my mind, I cheered before this match started. So want to thank our good friends at Flex. Power Tools, flexpowertools.com. If you are not following them on social media, first of all, it's Flex Power Tools NA on social media. Make sure you guys get at Flex. And I want to remind everybody that every single tool you buy in 2022, or maybe you win one from Defenders of the Bank at the next tailgate when we give some stuff away. Either way, Every single tool, you register it online with them, it comes with a lifetime warranty of every single piece and part in that box. So listen, if you're waiting on getting some new tools, maybe you want to buy yourself some tools to celebrate the MLS Cup victory or maybe the Supporter Shield win, whatever it might be. Definitely hit up Flex, lifetime warranty for everything in 2022. And Philly, you and I got to take part in a really, really cool thing on Saturday, something we would not have been able to do if not for our partners over at Flex. You and I got to help out building a house. That's right. Philly, as power tool deficient of anybody as I know, we got to build houses or at least start or I guess midway through help build houses. We, we, we didn't hang drywall. We sealed drywall is what we did with all kinds of great flex power tools for Habitat for Humanity. Oh, what's happening now? Are, is, your, is, is this playing for your voice? You hurt your voice today? No, I'm still a little hurt happening. by the fact that the Mets are no longer in the postseason. Oh, we're, we're talking, also, hold on, we're talking about Habitat for Humanity. And I'm here. also hurt by the fact that I burned a finger and almost torched the the whole entire operation. So, as Scarf alluded to, I am very domestically challenged, and I uh, I'm not I'm not ashamed to admit it. I'm not good around the house. <laughs> um, when you live in a New York City apartment and you pay the amount of money that you do, you usually pick up the phone and yell one word. 
superintendents. And usually problems get solved really, really quickly. So in terms of knowing how to fix things, I don't know a damn thing about how to fix things. If you asked me what a Phillips screwdriver was, I would probably nod my head and go, no. That's as much as I know. So what I do know is like we it's fortunate that we didn't get to hang up drywall. We got to bolt it in. Upon my third screwing of a screw with a flex power tool (laughs) there was a spark and there was a bit (laughs) of smoke that came as a result of me utilizing this power drill and he's not lying and i knew that wasn't right i knew something was wrong i made the (laughs) comment and everybody's like oh yeah that's just philly being funny is this supposed to be on fire this is the comment (laughs) this is the boy who cried wolf clearly because i was dead serious about it and at one point everybody stopped (laughs) and then fortunately the people at habitat for humanity were so nice and so gracious they actually showed me what i was doing wrong what i needed to do and they actually cut into the speed of the flex power tool so i didn't end up sparking another controversy thank god but it was a really humbling experience it was really cool i certainly learned a lot of things i still wouldn't trust myself to bolt drywall but i mean giving up your time especially for an unbelievable charity such as habitat for humanity there's a lot to be said to that and i didn't just go there because well Flex is our sponsor, and that was the case and we wanted to look good in front of our sponsor (laughs) Uh, yes that was partially the reason but I would do it again without there being any stipulations because quite honestly, I learned a lot. And again, it goes for a real good cause. Yeah, look, it's something that I've always wanted to do. I've never, you know, I'll be honest. I don't want to say I've never had the time. I've just never made the time, I guess, right? I also don't understand that you want to be honest and saying it's something you always wanted to do. It is. It is absolutely. I've always wanted to work. I've never in my life said I can't wait to use a hammer and a nail. I've never said that in my life. It's working for the people at Habitat for Humanity, right? We always see all the good that they do. And so, look, I put myself on the email list. I said, look, let me know when you guys are doing this. Maybe we'll come back to the same site. They're going to be there for two years. They're building eight homes on El Segundo Boulevard in Los Angeles, not El Segundo by the beach, El Segundo, but El Segundo a little bit further down Mm. in Los Angeles. Funny, it's exactly what I thought. And I'm like, there's no ocean anywhere near me. (laughs) Right. It was uh, a very different part of El Segundo Boulevard. And I was really happy to, uh, at least in some very small way, shape and form because of our good friends at Flex be able to contribute to all the cool work that Habitat for Humanity is doing. I also want to remind everybody, I wore mine today. A lot of people picked theirs up as well. There's the incredible Mauricio Facio scarf at forever underscore mo underscore SC 2022 on Instagram. They still have scarves left if you are interested. They are $35 a scarf, and the proceeds of that go towards the Mauricio Facio futsal court. And big kudos to Pepsi, Every time somebody tweeted out hashtag scarves up for good today, uh, today, obviously game day, Sunday, October 9th. It's only 830, by the way, as we're recording this, that might be a new record for Why us. Why does it feel like it's 2 a.m.? Because <laughs> your voice has been done since about six hours ago. Fair. Uh, but again, for everybody who tweeted out hashtag scarves up for good, you raised $20 for every single social media post. So hopefully we got the field completely, or excuse me, the court, I guess, right? Completely funded uh, by that. No, uh, the field takes up more space. You want a field rather than a court. Yeah, but I think it's it, it's called the Mauricio Mofacio Futsal Court in sure. Southeast LA. But scarves up for good enough for a field, right? Absolutely. Than a court. Maybe we built on an add on field with all the money we raised today. We're really hoping that gets done. And again, LAFC, the LAFC Foundation, and the 3252 are partnering to build that court in Southeast LA. And the link to donate <sighs> is in our bio. Philly's uh, vocal cords are sufficiently wetted, lubricated. 
Gross. Lubricated by uh, Nature's Finest, H2O. And he's, it's actually water in Philly's Cup this time. Uh, we're going to do a couple of things. This day in LSC history, we we don't really have any news and notes to speak of as we wind down this season. And he says, I'm the only one going through puberty. A on this quick pod. look at the Las Vegas Lights and Angel City Football Club as their seasons are either coming to an end or are close to it. And then we'll talk about the match against Nashville at home. It was, look, it was a very, very entertaining match. A quick reminder, if you are not already, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Defenders of the Bank, and that's Bank with a C, and on Twitter at Defend the Bank, also Bank with a C. Yeah, follow us or I will haunt your dreams. There is that. This day in LAFC history, I mentioned we are recording this on the 9th of October, and on the 9th of October in 2017, Carlos was featured on the cover of ESPN Deportes magazine. That's cool. I, I have a copy of it somewhere at my house. I don't know where I put it, but it's somewhere. And on the 9th in 2000... It's great information, Scarf. <laughs> you're welcome. On the 9th in 2018, <laughs> Adama Diamande and Walker Zimmerman were named to the 2018 MLS Week 32 Team of the Week. So four years ago today, Walker Zimmerman in an LAFC uniform was named to the Team of the Week and that is this day in LAFC history. Philly, real quick, I know we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but h- how nice was it to see Walker Zimmerman back at the bank? Yo, I, I I love the guy. I think he's a fantastic player. He's a fantastic human being and quite honestly, a fantastic role model. What he did for us was, was quite nice. I feel like his tenure was cut short and I'm pretty sure if you ask him, off the record, he would probably say yes. He's a little disappointed in the fact that his tenure did get short, get cut short at LAFC because he certainly had a lot more to give to the City of Angels. But that being said, he's found a place at home in Nashville. He uh, is the he'll forever go down in the club's history as being the first player in yep. franchise history to score a goal and. He's their third leading scorer, four goals and one assist. Obviously, he's a U.S. men's international, and I have nothing but good things to say about him. Panda and I were going through our photo archives the other day, and there was a photo of her the day that we first met, yep, locked eyes, I, I never was talked. Say, yep. But there was Walker, who we, we, we jokingly talk about how we're going through puberty in terms of our voices. Walker had barely just completed puberty in the photo that he took with Amanda. He, he didn't have a beard. He didn't have long hair. He literally looked like a kid that JR was teaching in his <laughs> middle school. That's what Walker Zimmerman looked like. You know, that and like, you know, seven feet of him. But it was really nice welcoming, welcoming him back to the bank. It's not the first time technically because he did grace our arena, our beautiful stadium as a member of the MLS All-Stars last season. So he was there, but this is the first time that he's ever come back as a member of the opposing team. And the minute the public address announcer announced his name with the Nashville starting lineup, everybody at Bank of California Stadium cheered along with myself. And it was really great to see Walker, the Zim man, back in town. The Zim, please don't call him the Zim man. Yeah, that was kind of dumb. I will, uh, I'll retract that statement. <laughs> the Zim man. We'll I feel like Rob Schneider in, in right? Saturday Night right? The Zim man, the oh Zimmeroni, the Zimboni. <laughs> it's not getting better. I love it. No. No, but look, you're absolutely right. Walker Zimmerman was uh, a reason that we were in the same room for the first time ever. We just didn't really know each other back then. I remember you this. You my wife, though. I, I did. This, As does everybody. But time out. It had nothing to do with your wife's looks. It had to do with the fact that this person standing in line, who, by the way, happened to be a good-looking blonde woman, was wearing a Walker Zimmerman jersey because nobody at that point, nobody had 
personalized Walker Zimmerman LAFC kiss. Lies. No, that's that's what I'm saying. Lies. I agree. You and your wife were the only two that had personalized Walker Zimmerman kits, but she was the one that was standing directly in front of me in line. So unbeknownst to us, I was blonde back then too. You were. Maybe uh, you didn't. Maybe you didn't acknowledge that pretty blonde. You acknowledged the other one, not knowing that that pretty blonde that you locked eyes with was going to be your future I podcast partner at some point down the road. I, there was no locking of eyes. I saw the Zimmerman twenty five in He's the black. Defenders. He fell in love with me upon first sight. <sighs> It's okay. It's completely plutonic. I get it. It's all good. So let's talk about the Las Vegas lights. Speaking of where plutonic things go to die, Las Vegas, the uh, the lights kept their playoff hopes alive with a huge 3-2 win over, get ready, Philly, get ready, over Joshua Perez. Holy moly, Miami FC. Nope. How about Mark Segbers? That's right. Oh, my Mark Lord. Segbers, Joshua Perez, and Miami FC. I didn't realize they were teammates. <laughs> they are. I Look, for all of you right now that are going to the Google real quick and going, okay, wait. Mark Segbers was once a member of LAFC. Uh-huh. We brought him in in the glory days of like Miche Galina and Mark Segbers. And oh, man. So he signed with LAFC October 13th, 2020. We had him through the end of the season. He never played. Never played, not once. But Mark Segbers is always a name that I will remember as a guy that I guess was on LA. I mean, look, he spent more days as a professional than you or I ever will, Philly, for LAFC. So, uh, yeah, uh, Joshua Perez, Mark Segbers, and Miami FC falling to the Las Vegas Lights. 3-2. I, I believe Cal Jennings got a goal in that game. Uh, look, I, I was really hoping for a lot of the young kids to play today. Steve Terundolo told me exactly what I could do with those feelings because all the young kids, except for Nathan Ordez, played in that last game for the Lights. They have one game remaining. Philly, you and I might want to consider going to Las Vegas Lights' last game of the season. It could be for the playoff spot, Philly. It's down at Dignity Health Sports Park. They are playing Los Gross on October 15th. And wait, we, wait, really? Yeah, we may. Wait, also, what day of the week is that? That's that's the same day as the as the playoff or the first round playoff game, I believe, for Carson. Maybe the game is earlier in the day for Carson and then later on Los Gross plays against Las Vegas. I don't exactly know 100% yet, but perhaps at this point, it would be a really good time to segue into our desire for more corporate sponsorships. So Dove Soap, if you're listening to (laughs) us, we would really appreciate your sponsorship because upon us having to travel down the 110 and step foot in Dignity Health Sports Park, I'm really going to need as much body soap to wash myself of the stench that is the LA Galaxy and Los Gross. So Dove Soap, if you're listening to this, we know you're big fans of the podcast. We know it's between (laughs) you and Old Spice fighting for the next corporate sponsor for Defenders of the Bank. But Dove Soap, I like you. I like the bars. Uh, You have a leg up in this contest. Just give us a call. I I love, by the way, it is. It's the game is at noon. Galaxy playing Nashville to see who plays us in the playoffs. And then apparently at 7.15, Los Gross plays. Oh my God. What are we... You know what I would do with all of that time in between games? <laughs> Leave Carson. I would just go on living my life. <laughs> I Look, I maybe I'll go down there and do some scouting. We'll see if I can write that off or whatever. Dove, give us a call, please. Taxes that I can. Uh, kind of intriguing in USL Championship right now, Philly. Five teams within two points of fifth and ninth. So fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth are either on 44, 45, or 46 points. The unfortunate part of that is the Las Vegas Lights are in ninth. So they're going to have some work to do. One game remaining. We'll see what happens. 
Oh, our roommates ended their first year tenure at Bank of California Stadium, unfortunately losing the Chicago Red Stars 2-0. Mallory Pugh is very good. And I just want to remind everybody, if you are not following our, our, our beautiful other better halves, the Angel City Chicks at Angel City Chicks, please make sure you're following them for all your Angel better City. Better halves, and, but better looking, yes. Both of those are true in my case, for sure. That's all I got. Uh, Philly. That's the end of all of our stuff we do before matches. Let's talk about Christmas Tree Lane today, Philly. It started about 8, 8.30 in the morning. And, and it was, look, it wasn't the raucous, absolute pandemonium that I thought it would be as early in the morning as it was. But it was a celebration from minute one. Celebration one way or another, because again, it was Sexy Supporter Shield Sunday. That is a, a, an enunciation and a half. You See did if it. I could say that a couple times. Sexy Supporter Shield Sunday. Sexy Supporter Shield Sunday. Sexy Supporter Shield Sunday. Hey, you did I'm it. ready to record a podcast. You, you did New it. New York, the Human Torch was denied a bank loan. Shout out to Will Farrell, our honorary Falconer and the record holder for most Falcon flights. Uh, no, it was a really good atmosphere. It got a lot better as we had to break things down and get ready for our call. And that just seems to be the nature of our gig. It's cool getting to see people and mingle, but the t- by the time everybody gets out there, we got to get ready and get out and go to work. But I love it. Christmas tree lane was fun. It was a very relaxed atmosphere. There wasn't much tension because everything that we needed to play for was already done, sealed, signed, and delivered. Yeah, It was pretty cool in that respect. Uh, we went around, had some drinks, had some laughs, met some friends. And what bothers me is the fact that it was, well, the last regular season tailgate on Christmas tree lane. And while we are anticipating another three more games to play as a result of the MLS cup playoffs, some of these games in particular, our first round is going to be during the week on a Thursday. So the tailgates aren't going to be the way they normally are, but I certainly love getting together with our black and gold family on Christmas tree lane, because as much as I love LAFC and getting W's, the real beauty about this club is the brotherhood, the sisterhood, the shoulder to shoulder, the connections. There's so many people on the outside looking in that have no concept of how beautiful this community is. They just see it on the surface and just hate us because they ain't us. But the beauty of LAFC is truly within our family, our community, everybody on Christmas tree lane, all the supporters groups, all the social groups, all the people who have season tickets and the millions and millions of LAFC supporters and defenders of the bank listeners. We all love you. It was beautiful. I I, I do want to say too, especially knowing that going into today, it would be a, what did you call this again, Philly? A what kind of supporter shield? A sexy there supporter shield Sunday. Sexy supporter shield Sunday. Sexy supporter shield Sunday. There it sexy is. Sexy supporter shield Sunday. You did it. Yeah. <laughs> you just played. I just applauded myself. You, say you just played yourself a round of no, applause. No, I didn't play myself. Go I, I applauded myself. Allow myself to introduce myself. Uh, going into today, though, the other thing that was on the very front of my mind is the last time the Supporters' Shield, was at Bank of California Stadium at center pitch. It was both Jimmy Lopez and, of course, Mo Fascio that were there center pitch, holding it up. You could see the two of them at every blood, sweat, tear that they and the 3252 and all of the supporters of LAFC had put into the club for the first, I'll say, five years up until that point, right? Because it was like two years plus of work before we ever took the pitch and then even after that. It was incredible to think about Mo today, knowing that 
The Supporter Shield so directly ties to him. Obviously, we've shared our stories about Mo, and everyone has an incredible Mo story or 30 to share. But what really killed me, Philly, was going into the stadium and before the Supporter Shield presentation, there was that video. And, and it was Mo, and it was all the great moments, all the great pictures, and it was his voice, his words. And, and I, I have no problem admitting in front of anybody else that was there in Founders, I was a mess. Obviously, I was one of several thousand of you in the stands that had teared up, completely choked up there because of Mo. And I just, again, seeing the supporters' shield at Bank of California Stadium, knowing that we will get an entire year of it for the first time because COVID hit during March of 2020 last year. And one of the very, very unfortunate outcomes during that entire global pandemic that we have been living through was obviously the loss of Mo Fascio and many others in the black and gold community. I've got to think that today, every time that our club raised that shield, that Mo and everybody else up there looking down gave us a little bit of a smile today. I would agree with that. I would say that Mo probably had a hand in our winning the EA Supporter Shield. Obviously, it got really tricky down the road, and Mo's way of just kind of messing with us because Mo always had a sense of humor, and he always liked to, uh, you know, joke around. But obviously, we 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 miss Mo. Yes, it was. It, it seems like it was forever and a day ago, but in reality, it didn't happen that long ago. It's just a couple of years that we 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 lost Mo, and a little more than that when we last won the supporter shield. But I mean, Fort Mo scarves up for good. I mean, yep. that's I don't really have too much to say in regards to that because I mean, it is quite emotional having yeah. gone through that. But yeah. again, it's what makes this club special: just the people that have contributed to yep. it and. Between now and, well, 40, 50 years from now and however many Supporters Shield and MLS Cups down the road, Mo will forever be ingrained in our culture and in our club, and he will forever be remembered as an extremely important contributor and member of our black and gold family. Absolutely. Let's let's get into the match, Philly. Nashville, coming to the bank. Uh, we, uh, like you said, welcoming Walker Zimmerman back to Bank California Stadium. You and I were very excited, too, because we get to see who we both feel should be the most valuable player of Major League Soccer this season, Hani Mukhtar. Although, certainly not the MVP of this game. That would go to Joe versus the Volcano. But that being said, Hani Mukhtar, 23 goals, 11 assists. I think, did he get a 12th on the uh, on the goal? We'll have to see. We'll go back and look that up. But either way, uh, a fun Nashville team, a team that we very well could see, Philly, in just two weeks on the 20th. We could absolutely see Nashville right back here if they get through Carson at Carson. Uh, a team that I, I always like to watch, just obviously because Walker Zimmerman is there. And uh, and I think, did you, Philly might have just ripped his chair. I'm not sure what happened. But either way, let's get into the lineups. Hope Nashville in a 4-4-2. Gary Smith as their manager. Uh, it is It has been a little bit of an up and down season here for Nashville. They are, you mentioned this on uh, One More Sleep last night, as good on the road as they are at home, which means they're just okay at both, to be perfectly honest, which is why they're in the spot that they are in. Uh, they are uh, fifth overall, I believe, in the playoff standings. I'll have to go back and check. I know that that Nashville and the Galaxy are playing each other in the match. And let's get into the lineups. Goalkeeper, Joe Willis. Goalkeeper, Joe Willis. I say that name a second time because all throughout the match, in my notes, I kept writing, 
goalkeeper, Joe Willis, save after save after save. I was a little <laughs> bit worried, Philly. He would break a record held by our Maxime Cropot. Would you mind letting the millions? And millions. Know what that record is that Maxime Cropot holds? It's a certain bit of irony. I mean, to see double-digit saves in, an, in any kind of a football match is yeah. quite, quite impressive. And Joe Willis... What'd you talk about, Willis? Had a lot of saves in this game. The record going into today was held by one Maxime Crepeau, a record in which he achieved in the 2019 season as a member of the Vancouver Whitecaps, 16 saves against the San Jose Smurfquakes. That's right, the San Jose Smurfquakes. And there's irony that Joe... It's funny that you say versus the volcano. I'm going to call him Joe. What you're talking about, Willis. I think that's a much better nickname. It flows a lot better. But he was competing against Maxime. And so um, one from a statistical point of view would say he had a hell of a game. He did. I don't agree with it. Ah, A lot of those shots went right to him. We'll talk about that in our breakdown of the match. Defenders Shaq Moore, Dave Romney, uh, Daniel Lovitz, and of course... (laughs) Walker anytime Zimmerman. I, anytime I hear that name, all I can think John of Lovett? is his dad, John Lovett. Is it really his dad? No. Okay. Thank but, you. But I was the, like, no, it's not. I researched this. There's but no the way. scene in, in The Wedding Singer where he auditions for the wedding band, it's like, <laughs> hi, my name is so-and-so, and that ain't no sock in my crotch. Like, oh it just, it just makes me laugh. And then that scene where Adam Sandler sings, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the love song yes. that went deranged. Yes. You could see Daniel Lovett's. Or John Lovitz. John oh, Lovitz. Oh, God. He's losing his mind. <laughs> and I am reaping the benefits. <laughs> That's what I think about anytime I hear the name Lovitz. There was that cartoon that he was the voice of, The Critic, back in the day. It was, I think I was the only one that ever watched The Critic. That's why it's no longer on anymore. Uh, that and, I guess, John Lovitz isn't that big of a deal anymore. But that's enough John Lovitz talk. Or if you had John Lovitz on your <laughs> Defenders of the Bank bingo card. Or Mitt Romney. Go ahead. What? Dave Romney. I know, but... I mean, wow. there's a lot of like interesting familial relations. This could Dave be- slash Mitt Romney, Dave slash John Lovitz. I mean, go go on. Who else you got? This is fun. Mm, do do Walker Zimmerman, Shaq slash Kellen Moore. Oh, hey, I'll take that Boise State quarterback. I love hey, it. I, I figured you like Thank that. You That's so why much. I set you up. Midfielders: Randall Leal, Sean Davis, Dax McCarty, and Jacob Schaffelberg. That is Connor Kalopsis's favorite player on this team, as he is the pride of El Maple Tree. Not sure he's going to get a lot of playing time in the Olympic in the World Cup, excuse me. Teal Bunbury and Hani Mukhtar rounding out the lineup in the 18. Look, it's always nice to know what CJ Sapong is up to these days. He played in the match today. He is a longtime MLS grizzled veteran who was on the bench. And the and second leading scorer of the Smashville team. Second leading scorer. And I have to mention one other player, Philly, from the University. Of Indiana Hoosiers. No, you've already disrespected Indiana me. University. Thank excuse you very me. much. It's not I. It's That's, not it's UI. Not UI. <laughs> it's, it's I U. I U P. Is that the, not, not that? That's Ooey Pooey. <laughs> Jack Mayer. Uh, Mar. Who? Mar. Mm-hmm. John Mayer. So there's John Mayer, and you know Walker is not the most famous Zimmerman out there. Don't say who. Ryan. No. Who? Bob Dylan. His real name. Oh, jeez. You know, I have a Bob Dylan story. Do we have, no, we don't have time for it. All right. Either way, Philly, the Sing black and gold. Sing me a song, Mr. Tambourine Man. The black and gold lineup, please. <laughs>
Well, we don't. We're not going to go into this game that much. So I figured we needed to waste a little bit of time because we're the millions and millions we're need at least great. sixty minutes worth of defenders of the best content. Do they for this one? Yeah. Do, do they need these sixty minutes? Is my only question. Uh, the lineup for the black. And I know, right? The old sixty minutes thing. All right, I'll get to it. I'm not going to waste any time. Max. All right, so we put out a lineup that's uh, fit enough to win an MLS Cup. We, we weren't trying did. to muck it about, and I'm glad because what I would have wanted to see was 45 minutes worth of a starting LAFC lineup versus uh, you know one that you know has sustained a bunch of kids that haven't gotten much playing time. I was rather impressed going in. What was really nice? No injuries. No injuries whatsoever. No Eric Duenas with an ankle. No Julian the pelvis gains with a uh, with. <laughs> A pelvis injury, as you guessed. Nobody was hurt. The only player that was omitted from our lineup, Jesus David Marino. 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 I was just, I, the Jets beat the Dolphins. I was a little happy. Oh Jesus God. David Marino, yellow card accumulation. Y'all are wondering where Gareth Bale was? I can tell you he was in the suite right next door to us. And Flex on top of Founders <laughs> Club. That's where he was. He didn't look very hurt to me. He when, was just sort of chilling. When when they showed him on screen with Team Security Paul as they were doing the whole Will Ferrell Team Security Paul thing back and forth, I literally had someone behind me go, wait, he's not playing today? I was like, well, other than the fact that I don't think he was in the 18. Was he even in no, the 18? Right. No, well, somebody noted like who sits right next to us said they saw him within an, uh, within the graphic. But unless LAFC changed it, I don't know because I saw the graphic. The graphic you had sent when we were doing the pregame show. Right. He wasn't in the 18. Was not. But he was also not listed as being hurt. So figured he was just taking the day off. He was unavailable. Yeah, but anyway, the starting lineup, Maxime Crippo, Ryan Hollingshead, Eddie Segura, Jada Joe Chiellini, Chiki Palacios, midfield, Kellen Acosta, Ilya Sanchez, Latif Blessing. And then our front line, Carlos Vela, Chicha Arango, and Denny Buwanga. Denny Buwanga had way more shots by himself than Smashville did. Our bench is consisted of McCarthy, Escobar, Cifuentes, Opoku, Ibiaga, Mendez, and Teo. And honestly, now that I'm looking at my notes, that they must Gareth have Bale. changed it because I did have Gareth Bale in my notes. I, so at the, some point, the graphic did change. What I sent you as well, had, I was just looking, has Gareth Bale in the 18th? Cheeky, cheeky graphic designers. I guess, I guess uh, oh, Philly's breaking stuff here in beautiful Philly Monster Studios. Good Lord. Look, I, I do, are you okay over there? No, I'm God, fine. It's, I'm, it's as if he is his cat, Harold right now oh shit i'm i'm sure you guys all heard that i'm firing myself phileas just fired himself as the help yeah that's about right i do want to mention one other thing philly before we start the breakdown of this match this match was on kcop 13 which means with apple tv taking over next season and with these broadcasts in the playoffs being national broadcasts for at least the time being philly this could be, very well be, the last local broadcast for LAFC. And what does that mean for us? That means the dulcet tones of the voice of LAFC. Yes! Max Bredos. Two bites at the cherry. I don't know how much more we'll be able to hear Max Bredos if we don't have local broadcasts. Mark Rogandino, another guy who we've become very, very good friends with along with Max. Someone who will always chat it up with you and I gives us literally the time of day every single time we see him. It's because they feel sorry for a scar. I mean, I hope it's more than that. But Mark Rogandino, Jordan Harvey coming into his own as the color man next to Max over the course of this season. He started out as the third chair, then he became the color guy. Just 
an incredible job by these three, Heath Pierce and uh, and all of the other Warren Barton. Warren, Warren Barton. Thank you. Yes, Angela Huclis, I think, was on one of them. How many more times are we going to be able to hear a local broadcast like this with Apple TV taking over? I don't know. Well, that's why we're going to have to put out a lot of those, uh, you know, parties, watch party gigs. Yep. Because while, yes, we might not get Max Bredos or Rogo or Jordan Harvey, there's plenty of space, room, and opportunity for a Philly in the scarf or a Vince in the Connor <laughs> yes, yes. or a Philly scarf, Vince, Connor, Max, and Rogo watch party pod. Well, no, 100%. But you have to understand, one of the primary sources of material for this team over the last five years, the voice of the black and gold, dare I say, the 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 voice that's become synonymous with this club and its success over our first five years is Max Bredos. And and I think it's a real bummer for for me and for you and for everybody, not just those of us involved in media now, but for those of us that love to go back to watch the highlights. Vela 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 vela. That's one of my favorite calls of all time. And it didn't one more time. I'm gonna pass out if I do. It's it's one of those things though. I didn't love the call at first, and then every single time I watch it, it grows on me again and again and again. The the Chicho Fungus grows on one two scarf. Also true, but come on, like Adama oh, Diamande's it. calls, the Diego Rossi goals, Edward Atuesta, all of these moments that are part of our history, ingrained in our minds, are from the the voices like Max Bredos and Mark Rogandino, and and by the way, Dave Denholm too. But I, I I don't know that anything is going away on the radio side. I think Dave Denholm will still be on doing what he's been doing. But I absolutely love Dave Denholm. Dave, love you, buddy. I'm really really happy at Talk Soccer. If you want a really good soccer follow too, by the way. But Philly, last local broadcast potentially in quite a while for LAFC. Yep, last local broadcast potentially indeed. And uh, what we're gonna see with this Apple deal. I don't know. It could be very interesting. I've been hearing rumors that with all the money that's going to come as a result of this Apple deal, that could potentially open the books and rosters for MLS teams to incorporate a fourth designated player. So that would be interesting if, when, and and that happens. This league is beautiful the way it's growing, but could you imagine how this league would be if it was literally the open, like the bank books, the checkbooks open the same way as they are in other clubs I, in the world. I have a thought when you're done. You have a thought. Yeah. You when always you're done. have a thought. When you're done. Oh, I'm done. I'm I, just thinking like it would be really interesting. I don't know what's going to happen. Right. It would be really weird hearing Max Bredos call a club de foot football match, but still would be one game that I would tune into because as you said, Max is a good buddy of ours. Not only do we get to call him friend, we actually get to call him colleague because we've worked together on 110 doing pregame, postgames, and the LAFC 360 show. So it'll be fascinating. While, while I think that a fourth designated player would be great for some teams in this league, not every team even uses the three Oh, I don't care about Real Salt Lake Scar. That they have. No, no, no. I, I understand it. To me, it's an awful move only because it widens that cavernous gap between the haves and the have-nots. But and such is life, Scarf. No, I, I agree, but why create a rule that will intentionally separate five, six, seven, maybe eight teams from the rest of the 28 teams in the league in a league that you are trying to continue to grow? I think 
One of, and I know, look, Seattle makes the playoffs every year. Oh, wait, not this year. I know that (laughs) a a lot of the big teams make the playoffs every, oh, wait, not the Galaxy. They were a big team, but they haven't made the playoffs that often in the last five years. What I'm saying is this. It's the parody in this league is one of the things that makes it so interesting. And I say that knowing that our club has set the record for expansion points in a season, has won two supporter shields in the last four years. I still think that the parody in this league is what makes it so that you and I are sweating out a result, Charlotte versus Philly, in week 33 because of the parody in this league. And I think that if they add that fourth designated player, I just don't love it for the league. Duh. I love it for LAFC because LAFC has brought in guys like Denny Bawanga and Gareth Bale and Giorgio Chiellini and Christian Teo. And we still have Carlos Vela and we still have Chicho Arango. We have Jose Cifuentes. We have players all up and down our lineup that are designated player caliber. The fact that Thorrington and Kuntz and, and, and everybody in our front office has been able to do what they've been doing is great. Imagine if we get even more wiggle room. Sure. But I just, I don't think it's great for the league. I mean, the parody aspect of it is very exciting. And I venture to guess that with MLS expanding, uh, them getting into like the League's Cup, that showcase, more games being played, more, more, uh, more revenue, more revenue, more visibility for the U.S. Open Cup. Maybe they won't continue with this one and done scenario because they did play a head to head uh, playoff scenario back at some point. It would be great to actually see that again. With everything, with all the changes, I love it. But let's face facts. Nobody's dying to come to MLS because the money is outstanding. Sure. With an open checkbook, that opens the playing field for us to bring in more talent, a lot of great talent, and us to see a really competitive league and bring in teams that could really legitimately showcase all around the world. Obviously, it's a matter of perspective, perspective, but I do love Major League Soccer. And yes, any team could get hot at any given point. The parody is fascinating. I never viewed myself as a um, a fan of Charlotte FC. Go CLT. But yeah, it's exciting, but it still would be cool to see a lot of better players come into the league. And yeah, we have a embarrassment of riches here and a lot of money is a part of LAFC. So would I feel bad for teams like Real Salt Lake? Nope. <laughs> would I enjoy running the table on other teams like Bayern Munich has? Yep. (laughs) Only because I've only cheered for teams that have been perennial losers. You're not even a Bayern fan. That's interesting that you use that one there. Well, well, yeah, but I mean, open checkbooks. I mean, yeah. No, I agree. Look, I... Scarf, you take the reins. I'm going to get a drink of water. (laughs) All right. We're going to lose Philly for just a minute. Uh, Look, in the second minute, I I do have something I want to mention to the 3252. I, I see you, 3252. You changed it up just a little bit there in the second minute. Or maybe I just haven't been paying attention, but I'm pretty sure you guys changed up something just a little bit here for the final match of the season. Let me tell you something. You guys got into Dale, 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 Black and Gold, and you get the drums behind it. I mean, we love Cassie and Ben and everybody else that does all of the drumming for the 3252. And you guys brought it to an another level yet again. I every time I think I've heard the loudest and the best from the 3252, the choir of the black and gold, I, I'm always proved wrong. 
But man, did it hit just a little bit different in the second minute when you guys stopped drumming for just a second and you heard the power of 3,252 voices in the North End and all of us that were helping to cheer from around Bank of California Stadium when it was just the voices for, for I would say, what, maybe, maybe 10, 15, 20 seconds? It was a beautiful, magical feeling. It gave me all the different butterflies in my stomach being able to hear the way that that hit just a little bit differently in the second minute. Kudos to the 3252 for finding yet another way to take it up a notch that was absolutely incredible with the Dale Black and Gold in the second minute. Not as incredible, however, would be the performance of one Ted Uncle. And I'm sorry, someone's going to have to explain to me how in the 10th minute or 9th minute, when Dax McCarty brings down Chicho Arango, how, that was it Chicho or was it Denny Bowanga? It was Chicho. It was Chicho, right? How is that not dog so? Denial of an obvious goal scoring opportunity. Philly, I turn the floor over to you to talk about Ted Uncle and welcome back. Thank you. I, I, I do want to tip my hat off though to Chicho. He was fighting for that ball. Absolutely. He was battling two defenders to get that. And yes, he did get knocked down. It was no doubt a dog. So, but the only thing that happened as a result of that is uncle pulled out a dog. Shisa. It was awful. Uncle being another huge proponent of PRO pro referees, pretty rancid officiating. I can't believe it was only a yellow card. They didn't even bother going to a video review. It was awful. But that that should have been. I mean, I, I I was pissed. But I mean, nothing happened a, a, as a result of that. Carlos was the one who, no, Chicho was denied a, a goal scoring yeah. opportunity. Nothing yeah. happened as a result of that. Carlos did try to pass the ball in, but nothing happened. Yeah, look, the first half, Philly, because we're we're not going to go minute by minute in this match. But the first, no, that would be exhausting. The the first half it would just be saved by what you talk, Joe. What you talking <laughs> save about? Save Joe Willis. Willis. Save Joe Willis. But the first half, Philly, we dominated. We dominated every aspect. I believe we had 61% possession in the first half. We we dominated on shots. We dominated in shots on target. We, we Scar- passed Scarf, our stats were insane. Absolutely. 15 shots, 7 on target, 4 corners. Nashville had 10 fouls. When was the last time that you ever saw 15 shots with 7 on target? And a half. I mean, like two, that's two games worth of statistics in a lot of cases. For some of us, you're right. That's absolutely right. I mean, Nashville didn't even sniff at Maxime Crippo. I I think a couple of takeaways from the first half, because uh, I I do want to mention 38th minute, Walker Zimmerman goes down and is kind of holding his wrist. I didn't like that. I I didn't want, obviously, Walker to get hurt. I don't want anybody to get hurt, but uh, You had to talk to the hand because the wrist was pissed. (laughs) Seriously. Walker, that was out loud. Walker Zimmerman going down with what potentially could be a wrist injury. I say that because of something we'll mention later, but not injured, we hope. I don't know. In the 40th minute coming out, Carlos Vela for Christian Teo. um, It it was kind of a hold your breath moment because right before that, Nina actually looked over at me and goes, hey, Carlos isn't really running this ball out on the right-hand side. And then he comes out the very next dead ball. So we have Walker potentially hurt. We have Christian Teo coming in for Carlos Vela. And and honestly, Philly, up until stoppage, we dominated every way, shape, and form of this match and then dominated even more in stoppage time when your boy earns a PK in the first minute of stoppage. Why is he my boy? You came up with the Chicho Arango song. Ah, fair enough. That I guess that would make him... Somebody I admire. Not my boy. Let's put it that way. So, Chicho Arango, 
batting a thousand in terms of conversion rates for his PKs. Carlos Vela comes out in the 38th minute. And yes, it was unnerving. Didn't necessarily see him moving gingerly. He was running. He was making plays. But obviously, you don't want to take any chances, especially in a game that doesn't matter. We talked about that. We stressed about it till we were blue in the face. He comes out 38th minute. A very weird time. But that's okay. With Carlos Vela going to the bench or actually going straight to the locker room, not even the bench, one Chicho Arango set himself up 12 yards in front of Joe, which you talk about, Willis. What Chicho did, that little stutter step shuffle jammy that he did, he did not fool Joe, quotation mark, what you talk about, Willis. Oh, God. He didn't, he didn't fool him at all. In fact, Chicho got blocked. It led to a corner, which LAFC botched, by the way, but I, I, Chicho tried to get cute, and he, he paid for it. That should have been his 17th goal. That should have been LAFC's First goal, that should have been the, 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 the result, if anything. But Chicho certainly biffed that. But I'm still confident with the game on the line, as much as I love Carlos Vela, I would still put Chicho Arango in that box, 11 meters away, 12 yards away in front of any keeper. He sort of botched that one up, and that's fine. Everybody's going to miss from time to time. Sure. Look, I, this might shock any of you out there who have seen me out on a soccer pitch. I am not a very good soccer player. In fact, I could not replicate any of the things that I see out there at Bank California Stadium unless you one of the players— You pull a really good Neymar. Uh, for, unless one of the players, for no reason whatsoever, just falls down, maybe I could do that one. You're absolutely right. But I want to say this about PKs. I don't care if it's Chicho Arango. I don't care if it's Cristiano Ronaldo. I don't care who it is. When you do that whole prancy, dancy stuff right before you take a PK, to me, all that does is that it allows the keeper to get set just a little bit more. I want a guy who is going to just run up and smash it. Not just you know run as fast as you can full speed ahead and maybe shank one, but I'm talking about a player that can be controlled at relatively full speed and bang it into the back of the net. Even if keepers guess right, if you stay committed to an absolute banger and you're just trying to put a little bit of air under it, it's 12 yards. This is like a free throw in the NBA. This is batting practice for Major League Baseball. Why? Why is it that we need to come up with all of these cute little approaches on penalty kicks? Just slam it home and Chicho we have seen you go top bins we have seen you go bottom shelf we have seen you put it wherever you would like I just hate that kind of a run-up and you see a guy like Cristiano Ronaldo who does it one time and it goes all over the world on Sports Center and on Instagram and on TikTok and on everything else someone's gonna have to explain to me TikTok at one point but either way you see it work one time and then guys like Chicho Arango or kids out on the playground or an AYSO uh, they try it, and I just hate it, man. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Just step up, smash it home, halftime, nil-nil. Halftime, nil-nil, and once again, LAFC shots and shots on target were something that we, we haven't seen. They were dominating the ball, yeah, and it, and it was exciting from that perspective. Thought no doubt that these guys are going to go in and knock on that door and, and slam it home. Nashville, though, had, had other thoughts yeah. as far as the game was concerned. Yeah. And, and by the way, you didn't want to go minute to minute. No, but this one's important. I know what you're getting at. I just want to say, with a match in just six days, they do take out Walker Zimmerman at the half, which, again, I'm a little worried about his wrist. And they also take out one of the oldest players in Major League Soccer, Dax McCarty, who was guilty of that dog so foul that should have been a red and not a yellow. So maybe because they didn't want him playing on a yellow in the second half. No Dax, no Walker up the middle for Nashville. 
Yep, up the middle indeed. So we start the second <laughs> half, start the second half back at Bank of California Stadium. And um, we'll fast forward to the 53rd minute. Ugh. The 53rd minute. And the irony of the Rips. goal that happened by, well, Mr. Bunbury. Mr. Bunbury sounds like he's a member of the Queen's Courts. Mr. Bunbury. <laughs> the, 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 Dr. Seuss is like evil, like wicked twin brother. Anyway. What? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I I hear Bunbury and I just think of like English like criminals. You went I, you went and got another cup. Is that just water in there? Oh, I, I yes, it's okay. just water. Just I, I've sure. been chastised already for drinking today. Oh boy. I maintain twelve days of sobriety, and well, want to give a shout out to my good buddy from the Orange County who gave me a San Diego beer. And by the way, I did drink it, and maybe that's what led to our Mets having. Yeah, I blame you completely did. for that. Well, hey, hashtag scars <laughs> up for good. There you go. That's my clever way of moving it about it. So, I like it. So, Teal Bunbury getting himself on the boards with a nice cracker of a goal. One to nil for Nashville. And the irony of that, the man who scored the goal in today's game was a man who was part of last season's record-breaking New England Revolution, the Supporters' Shield champions. So it's kind of interesting that Joe Willis is trying to compete for Maxime Crepeau's saves record in a single game. And then Mr. Bunbury... Mr. Cadbury Bunbury, I don't know. I'm just I'm reaching for things here. A member of last season's Supporters Shield champions <laughs> in a day where we're going to raise the Supporters Shield, brought to us by a member of the New England Revolution, scores himself a goal, and that was well the only goal of the game. Nashville hardly maintaining any possession. Nashville hardly having any shots. Nashville hardly having any shots on target. In fact, the only thing Nashville dominated in up to this point was fouls. And they go up one nothing. Yep. Very, very frustrating, Scarf. Yeah, look, we take uh, Latif and Chicho out at the hour mark, which, uh, again, I think these are all planned subs. I don't think it had anything to do with going down 1-0 or anything else. But Cifuentes and Mahala both come on for LAFC, which is nice. And, and look, I, I do want to mention, 10 minutes after Nashville scores, which, by the way, it should have made it 1-1 instead of one nothing, we get Denny Buanga, who... 99 off to the races, 1v1 with just Joe Willis there. One of the rare times, Philly, that Joe Willis doesn't get a hand on it, but he had his good friend, the goalpost there, and he bangs it off the post, does Denny Bawanga. That was one of our better chances of the rest of the entire match. We did get to see Franco Escobar back onto the pitch for the first time in the 78th minute, along with Sebastian Mendez, as both Kellen Acosta and Ryan Hollingshead come out. But at the end of the day, the, the second half looks a lot like the first half in where it's save Joe Willis, save Joe Willis. Here's where I'll agree with you, Philly. Joe Willis's second half, he didn't have to be nearly as acrobatic or busy as he was in the first half. And yet still, it is a new Nashville team record and career high in saves for Joe Willis at 14 as the whistle blows. Yeah, 14 too shy of tying Maxime Crepeau's record, but Nashville is such a brand new team scarf. They're going to PR regardless. If you ran a half marathon tomorrow, guess what? You would PR. These are firsts in a young club's history. I would make it about a mile and a half. No, you might make it more. Mile and three quarters. Two. Sweet. <laughs> it was, uh, I, look, Joe, what you talk about, Willis, put on <laughs> performance. What? You don't like my no, different No, I, I, I love it. Do it again. <laughs> Joe, what'd you talk about? Willis. There you go. I think it's a lot better than what you nicknamed them, Scar. Uh, Joe versus the Black and Gold Volcano? It wasn't Black and Gold Volcano. You just uh, made just, it sound better. It was Joe versus the Volcano. Joe versus the... We were the Volcano. 
I mean, that's that's giving me weekend at Bernie's vibes. I love I love weekend at Bernie's. Philly, your thoughts after the match? Look, I, I think Vince Larosa said on the pregame for one ten football, right? If we play out on the front foot and play well, even in a loss, look. These are fine, right? It's how we're feeling, living, breathing, dying, going into the playoffs that matters. All I will say is this, though, Philly. This did give me a little bit of vibes of that RSL playoff game where we played well, but we let the other team hang around, and they found one, and they found a way to get out of the building with all three points. Yeah, that's fine. Again, again, this game didn't matter. That's great for Nashville. Nashville still ends up finishing fifth, and they, they're going to end up squaring off against the Galaxy. That's, that, that's pretty much all the case. Yeah, they got their three points. Yeah, yep. they finished with 50 points on the season, but whatever. We created chances. We didn't convert. Yes, football is a cruel mistress, but we had a lot of really good opportunities, a lot of really good chances created. We saw a lot out of Danny Buanga. Danny Buanga had eight total shots yep. with three of them on target. Chicho had seven with three of them on target. I mean, even Carlos Vela, who you know you might have thought was kind of quiet, two with one on target. Christian Teo, in the limited amount of minutes that he had, he had three shots with two on target. Yeah. So, you're going to score if you get keep getting <clears throat> consistent opportunities. And in a game that doesn't matter, I'm just more than happy. And I'm ecstatic, honestly, that we ended up not really having any injuries in this game. Because as much as people want to talk and complain that Supporter Shield doesn't mean anything, neither does a match against the Nashville team when we already clinched the top spot. So coming out of this game with points, without points, I, 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 don't, give, I don't give a toss. I just want our players to be healthy because we've got bigger and better things on the horizon. We've got a couple of days off, 10 or so, 10, right? 10. 10 to be, 10 to be, uh, wow, really 10? Well, days. 11 actually. Yeah, all right. So almost two weeks off. We're going to get to hang out next week and watch Nashville take on the Galaxy and we will get the winner of that game. I would love to see Nashville. Obviously, a lot of people would love to see the Galaxy. The Galaxy do. I want Carson. Bring him. Bring them. Let's yeah. go right through Ricky Pooch. Let's go right through Dayon Jovalich. Let's go right through Chicharito. I, I, I've i grown to really hate Chicharito as a member <laughs> of the LA Galaxy, by the way. I appreciated his play at Manchester United. I even appreciated it at Bayer Leverkusen and, and even West Ham. As a member of the Galaxy, I, he's he's literally become like the most hated player in my, in my eyes. Sure, that's fair. That's fine. I'm good with that. Mine is still Raheem Edwards, but that's okay. Uh, look, Philly. Let's talk about the playoffs just a real quick second. Obviously, LAFC playing the winner of Nashville and Carson on October, what we believe is October 20th. It's what MLSsoccer.com has listed right now, October 20th. We are getting the winner of that game. Well, one way or another, they they already deducted our uh, our credit card. They, they, yes, they have, we have paid for the tickets. But Philly, I want to look over at the East for a second, right? Columbus, New England, Atlanta, Toronto. Four powers in the East. Columbus, New England. Atlanta, Toronto, four teams that are in it every single year, four teams that are not in the playoffs for the East. How about Orlando City, Club de Foot Montreal, Inter Miami, and FC Cincinnati. I really thought they were going to get the wooden spoon this year. Uh, You predicted FC Cincinnati would get the wooden spoon. Not only are they not getting the wooden spoon, they are fifth. Overall, in the standings in the East, absolutely unbelievable. I love this. First of all, Joao Moutinho sneaking into the playoffs for Orlando City. We get to root for him just a little bit. Nope. I I will be rooting for the David Beckham side of Inter-Miami CF over NYCFC in their first match, which I know you will not. But I think we can both agree 
We'll both be rooting for FC Cincinnati against the Red Bulls. I hate the Red Bulls. They are the LA Galaxy of the East Coast. <laughs> I hate the New Jersey energy drinks. All right. So Real Salt Lake, by virtue of their victory over Portland, knocks the Timbers out. So just like we had four powers, Atlanta, New England, Columbus, and Toronto, can you believe, Philly, that in the Western Conference, no Seattle, no Portland, no Colorado. Yeah, last season's, last West season's Western Conference champion. So that means, Philly, we got some newbies into the playoff party once again. Nashville, obviously, who had expected to be there after their season. Dallas playing very, very well. And Austin, all three Texas teams playing somebody else. So this could be fun. Oh, I forgot about Houston. Houston. Oh, yeah, Houston's yeah. not in it, but... Nashville's not in Texas, dummy. Yeah, it's Nash- in Tennessee. Nashville's in Tennessee. That's Philly, why you're a math and not geography Philly, teacher. You're, you're the only 10 I see. Uh, oh, flattery will get you everywhere. Austin and Real Salt Lake. That should be a good one down in Austin. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know who I'm rooting for in that. Who Congratulations cares? to Wayne Rooney, though. Yeah. The wooden spoon The wooden spoon, the wooden spoon, the wooden spoon comes home with you. I I really don't think Sebastian Driussi should be MVP. It'll be interesting to see if it's the MVP going up against Real Salt Lake in that one. FC Dallas versus Minnesota United. Not only do I love Dane St. Clair because he is a former forward Madison Flamingo, but their backup keeper is a little bit more near and dear to my heart than he is to some other people that we know in the organization, one Tyler Miller. So I'm hoping <laughs> could you be talking that about they stuff? are going to beat uh, the former fighting Ricardo Pepe's, now the fighting Ferreras in FC Dallas. And of course, you want Nashville. I want Carson. I think it's going to be fun either way. These are going to be really fun playoffs this first week, October. What is it? 13, 14, 15, all the different days. The MLS playoffs, one way or another, are are exciting. I mean, look, Real Salt Lake came out of nowhere to do their thing. And one could not, how could you forget that that Portland NYCFC final? Sure. That game went right down to the wire. It was fun. So if we have any games, a a playoff, remotely similar to what we saw last year, we're in for a real treat. But quite honestly, I don't want a real treat. I just want to see LAFC absolutely (laughs) devastate and demoralize anybody that has the nerve and the audacity to step foot in the cathedral of the black and gold bag of California stadium. I want to see great games, but at the end of the day, I, I want to see LAFC smash everybody and their mother. I want them to beat Nashville or the galaxy so hard. It makes their grandmother feel it in their bones. That's how badly I want to see LAFC win. I mean, look, what I love is that all three of our next matches are going to be going through bank of California stadium, the cathedral of the black and gold. Even if for instance, Philly makes it all the way to the final or whomever else might make it all the way to the final. Philly might've been undefeated at home this year. Does it 13 Oh and four or something like that? I think they were 13 Oh and two, whatever it was, whatever they were at home, they were undefeated. Doesn't matter because if they're playing their most important game of the year against LAFC, it is going to be at our house bank of California stadium. Playoff time, the playoff atmosphere that is the bank is going to be incredible. And I cannot wait to see what this postseason now lies in, has in store for all of us. Three matches left, Defenders Nation. Three matches left for the Black and Gold Faithful at the Cathedral, Bank of California Stadium, Philly. And I know you're excited. I'm excited. We already got debited for them in our accounts, so we get ready for that. And we play in just 11 days. Philly, we did all right. It's, it's still 9.30 or so. But how many minutes are we into this pod? I haven't. I didn't. Check. Are we under 60? No, we're just over 60. Uh, and we haven't really screwed up too much, so there won't be any editing. In that case, we might as well just end this pod at 62. 
three minutes. All right. So you guys know how we like to end each and every podcast. Come back for 220 when we're talking about a playoff win. Bye-bye.